Welcome to Move Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Clapson. The aim of this podcast is to explore, learn, and spread the message of rewilding and natural movement so that we as humans can live in more alignment with our nature and reclaim what it means to be fully alive. The modern world has stripped away so much that used to nourish our mind, body, and soul. This podcast will help illuminate how we can reclaim and restore our innate, wild, capable, and strong spirit. Thanks for joining me on this journey. So welcome to the Friday show of Move Wild Podcast. So this episode is a little bit different and all the Friday shows are going to be different. I am bringing on my partner Molly, who, and we're going to be sharing and doing these Friday shows hopefully for a little while, just to bring in a little bit more of a conversational aspect to this podcast and share our thoughts on some of the interviews and yeah, really our thoughts on some of the interviews and also just our thoughts in general on these topics of rewilding and natural movement and and ancestral living skills. So welcome Molly, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm pretty stoked to have a chat about some of the podcasts you've recorded in the past as well. It's pretty interesting to get some more feedback from both your listeners and be able to answer a few questions on it and get a bit of a different perspective. For sure. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing that I didn't mention is that you guys can now write in and we are taking any questions. So if you want us to field and kind of cover and give our perspectives on questions or you have any questions that you want answered, then you can message us over at move wild so at move underscore wild that i'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to message us there but what i wanted to chat about today was i guess more of the the most recent conversation that i did with steve or i, I had with steve and shared on the podcast on tuesday and some things that he touched on that i would like to kind of unpack and maybe share our perspectives on so one thing that I really liked was how he kind of talked about how it's illegal to be a human in the modern world and how there's all these barriers in place that stop us from truly being able to express what it means to be human and that could be simply in the form of being able to be outdoors enough a lot of people have to work under fluorescent lighting indoors not have to but it's it's the more uh it's the path most taken or most walked by most people in the world and it could be food so most people go to the shops rather than hunt and there's many laws in place that don't forbid hunting but make it very hard for one to learn or to become a hunter um and yeah like did you have any thoughts on on like that idea of it being illegal to be a human yeah it's definitely interesting and something that i think the educational aspect of it is really really lacking um and there's not much information out there or even being shared Mm. to people and i think it ties into place as well like we're not taught as a kid and then we kind of as an adult become a little bit i guess resistant to learning totally and it makes it harder learning those skills and capabilities that we would need to be able to survive totally and it becomes even harder as we get older we've got um yeah, the past and, like, how we've been conditioned to totally. more deeply ingrained. Yeah. Even just our movement patterns and our ability to hunt and get, you know, crawling and... Yeah. That's, yeah, that's one thing that I've talked about in the past is kind of this collective wisdom 
that has been lost through the quote-unquote the indoctrination of most like most domestic life ways have a pit process or actually i shouldn't say that most peoples have a process of teaching the younger generations how to be in the world and this the modern world doesn't teach young younger generations how to hunt how to gather how to provide so i guess that's what you're talking to is like as it as we get older and those those skills aren't taught to us it becomes harder to empower ourselves with those skills especially when it's it's even it's quite hard i found to seek out mentors in those areas or to find people who hunt or like fishing is one that's it's a bit easier but to find people who hunt or know how to forage or live off the land it's it's very hard to access that kind of learning it seems yeah yeah i definitely agree with that and um especially coming from like a female point of view like there's not very many women who hunt that i've been able to connect with yeah and to be able to share those skills with and because yeah it does come slightly differently to women just our physiology is a little bit different and even just our mindset towards it i find i talk to a lot of girls who do hunt the like emotional part of it we feel i feel at least a little bit more um yeah emotionally tied up in it killing an animal um yeah and it's it's just interesting that that yeah 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 and I, i also liked how like the aspect of on that whole idea of 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 humanness being suppressed or the illegality of being human, the whole idea of community, because this is one that I've talked to a lot of people about, and it's, it's kind of weird when you tell someone who's, I guess, quote-unquote normal or isn't, isn't, um, hasn't been exposed to rewilding or the concepts of rewilding, if you tell them that you want to create a community or you want to live in community, it's, it's very much viewed as this abnormal thing but you think about the modern world and the way that we're set up living as individuals is the abnormal it's it's not that's not normal and living in community is normal but it's so rare to find a group of people or living yeah a group of people living in connection and living in community it's it's it seems increasingly rare the the more that we push into kind of this age of individuals and this worship of technology allows and this and makes convenient an individual lifestyle um i don't know do you, do you notice that like that like that idea of the i guess the deconstruction of community and how yeah when when i express that like i, I want to live in community a lot of people kind of look at me funny like that's that's weird but when i think yeah when i think of it in the context of like what's normal for humans it's actually pretty native to us in many ways yeah totally and i think even what community means has changed so much Mm. like you know we think that our community is the people who lives in the same suburbs as us or our neighbors and stuff like that but we don't even know them anymore Mm. like and i think that's even just that's changed a lot even in the past like 10 20 years like i remember as a kid I was a lot more connected to our neighbors and you know mm. if we needed something we would just run over and like chat with them and grab it from them sort of thing totally. but these days i think people are a little bit more like isolated and shut off and yeah you know. and there's even there's even like such thing as an online community as if like it, it almost it kind of weirds me out when people refer to it as an online community because it, yes it is a community of people but it, 
there's when it, so yeah much. when it lacks so much there's so many elements uh, like yeah what, what would you say are the missing elements of that i think like the biggest one is like touch and like physical physical connection and being able to like read someone's energy and body language like Absolutely. that real big physical aspect of it that is so like deeply ingrained with us like we used we would have used that all the time and mm. when we do when we are with people it's subconscious but we do pick it up very much and Absolutely. having an online community like there's no like i guess like candidness of it all mm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, there's no ex- there's no experience of oh, yeah there's no there's no immediate communication experience there's no Definitely, feedback yeah. there's no body language there's no there's so many missing elements so easy to edit out absolutely yeah and, and so questions. easy to put up a, a, a guards a and guard. barriers totally yeah absolutely and i think that cre- creates like yeah real real strange connections and it makes it a lot harder for people to connect in person as well even after mm. forming what they think is a deeper communication with someone online meeting in person they go like fuck i actually have no idea who this person is yeah like they can't put all those barriers up totally yeah yeah and there's so many i mean just in my experience with spending like different time in different communities like physical communities there's a you know there's elements of of even like storytelling that gets that gets missed because like so many interactions are so quick i think steve touched on this as well during the conversation he said that you know if, if he's catching up with someone or meeting with someone it, it's so often it's only just like for an hour totally. or for a couple of hours or for a day or for a day and a half and like we don't like there's no there's no room like in in an on in an online community setting or in in these kind of little interactions that we have with people throughout the day or throughout our lives there's no room for a story or, or for real connection to be shared like if you if like for me to, to be able to tell a story of an experience i had and and really enable you to relate to me on that deeper level like i i can't do that over text I, like it's hard for me even to yeah, do it over the phone exactly there's, there's time there's comfort there's like what's the setting and 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 because i like i can technically tell a story in a few words but it's nowhere near as deep or engaging as when i tell it over the course of an hour for example yeah and even just like the passion and like your voice you don't you don't hear any of that when you're looking at someone's text mm. or Absolutely. the expressions of your face and yeah the, and that, that yeah that's an interesting point like i think like when i look at human social structures and and also human connections and relationships we we now have the convenience of being able to have many 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 shallow relationships we have the convenience of being able to have a large network of like literally hundreds of people but it's it's very hard to be able to go deep with any one or like we yeah, rarely do you see rare. yeah very very rare for us to be able to connect or for to see people connecting on a deep level as would have been much more i guess much more common in times where village and and community were the norm and you grew up with a group like it's impossible to like to grow up with a village or a community and not have deep connections from that totally yeah and i feel like people so easily these days chop and change relationships and friendships and yeah. all of that because it was never never like that deep anyway so they can feel they feel it's very easy to pick up and grab something else and you yeah. know it's kind of that new shiny distraction almost in a way through our connections yeah and we can run a, we can run away from problems in connection and problems in relationships definitely definitely so that's a huge thing in relationships yeah there's a few people you talk to who 
you know, you do talk to a few people who just talk about the hard times that they've gone through and how it's strengthened them and mm. how, yeah, they've pushed through and that's, that's like something major in their relationship. Yeah, Whereas, absolutely. Yeah, so many people these days, like problems arise and they go, oh, no, nah, it's, it's easier if we just don't and then just, yeah, yeah that's totally. just part ways. Yeah, and, and that's interesting because that, like, that brings up something that Matt mentioned to me when I interviewed him and that podcast will be coming out in a couple of weeks, but he he said that there's there's kind of no longer this necessity of reliance upon other people and that's mm. one of the reasons that we can treat people poorly or we can run away from relationships or we can not give the time and effort required to treating people well and and also we like we have i guess we have the convenience or the luxury of being able to have uh egos and well like big egos and have um us as the forefront of every conversation but that's not that's not necessarily something that can come about in a community setting if you rely on other people like sometimes some people's egos are going to get stepped on and you have to be able to deal with that but because our world facilitates through technology or through different luxuries that we have this ability to run away we never we never um have that feeling or that that uh, that uh, a situation created where our feelings are hurt and we have to deal with it with another person because we can just run away or, or the other person never hurts our feelings because they don't have to like the, totally. because the situation yeah, doesn't it call almost for that. prevents self-reflection absolutely like it's very easy to blame others and to go i'll just grab someone else like something else needs yeah. for this oh i'm disagreeing with my boss i'll get a new mm-hmm. one or yeah this employer is like whatever it is friendships etc oh i I don't agree with them on this instead of Mm. like learning new stuff or like checking yourself like putting your ego aside and being like oh i actually don't know that you can just yeah go and find someone else who agrees with you and then that's that's great for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) right absolutely and like and yeah that i guess that necessity because we well in the past as as i understand it as as i imagined it if you you had to have a good relationship with the person that made your clothes or you had to have a good relationship with the person that got your food. Uh, like, if you lived in a community and you were reliant upon other people for your shelter, food, water, like, all your basic survival needs, you, like, you couldn't just not build or cultivate that relationship. Yeah, you couldn't you just walk away from it. it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. because you know that if you treat them bad or you know you're you're mean to them yeah the next time they go hunting or the next time that they get food they're probably not going to share it with you mm, and yeah. then you're hungry and so we have like yeah it's almost like a built-in mechanism absolutely like, you know and it humans, sounds quite yeah. selfish to think of like the connections and networking as like transactions mm. and i think that yeah they're obviously not all are but some somewhere in us that's yeah, deeply ingrained in understanding that we work together well, I that's mean, what's made us stronger yeah and that's 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 how human cooperation and, and social cohesion has come about yeah. is through the need for survival or through the need for um you know if it's true because as humans we have become extremely efficient at hunting and migrating and essentially being the top predator on every continent of the earth except for antarctica really and that a large part of that has been due to our ability to cooperate and there's no there's not many other animals that can cooperate on such a level that humans can in terms of strategy and being able to plan for the future and being able to um communicate it to such a high degree yeah. with, in movement with other people yeah it's actually yeah it's crazy you don't see uh, you don't see any other animals that work no. like that you know yeah 
yeah I think that that's really what's gotten us to where we are in terms of like I suppose like power yeah in, yeah in control totally yeah yeah exactly and and without understanding that that's where that social element comes from I think that healthy social structure can get lost because we we need a purpose and we need necessity to maintain social structure social structure falls away when there's no purpose too much comfort and yeah and when there's no necessity on other human beings for you to live like it's it's not you know nature is is a great teacher of that because you know if if you if one individual human unless they're extremely skilled and switched on if you put them out in a wild setting they're most likely well they they might make it back to civilization or but if if you put them out like far out in the, into the wild it's very yeah, unlikely yeah. that they'll survive if you put two people in that setting it's a bit more likely but as soon as you get like three a bigger group three four five grows. six more and more and more those humans end up essentially taking over that landscape and it is very much that that purpose in in that setting and and the necessity that we have to rely on other people that that create social structure because without those two things and that you know that's a a great example of that is is the modern world where we have kind of this worship of individuals and there's very little necessity or perceived necessity anyway there is necessity but we don't perceive that there's necessity for us to rely on other people because those people are behind a screen or they're they're people that we don't know at the supermarket or whatever it is and we have the luxury or the convenience of not developing a relationship with them yeah and it's almost ends up yeah it's a luxury but it's it's like any luxury that i guess we just become too reliant on it ends up Mm -hmm. being our downfall absolutely yeah yeah those are some yeah those are some good points there's one there's one thing that i i liked or that I think that he mentioned also I mentioned which was um the idea that much of this work or much of this you know what rewilding is is a generational process and I've talked about this before and I've written about this before but it's it's not something that can be like Steve talked about how culture for example it can't just be created in a day it's not something that can just immediately come out of nowhere it's something that's created over you know years decades and and even in my eyes generations and it's not necessarily that uh, that like for me personally it's not necessarily that i'm doing this work just for myself but it's it's for the generations that will come after me because i know that if i start to create this culture now or this movement if you will then that that compounds and and creates culture in the long run but by no means is any of what I do now going to be a short-term... There's no short-term reward to me compared to many other things that I could be doing, if totally. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that it's important that there is energy put into the long game, mm. something that we've talked about in... Yeah, just in conversation before about playing the long game and mm. how how many, so many like movements or activities or whatever we're doing a lot of the modern world focuses on that short-term fix and that short-term gratification and even short-term like yeah short-term in movement like feeling good momentarily Mm. but or like looking good momentarily but you look down in the long run and you know people aren't 
moving well or mm. feeling good and totally. you question like yeah are you playing the long game yeah and i think i think that's also happening ecologically on a, on a massive scale across the planet when you look at like a lot of action in in my view and i'm not fully in like not completely to the most informed on these matters but from my broad scope view from where i stand a lot a lot of action is taken in, with the short term in mind like, like a band-aid yeah exactly it's like a band-aid or like i guess is that is that paradigm between like living in a in a in a paradigm or worldview where humans and nature are separate and humans conquer and dominate nature and strip away the resources from the natural world in order to maintain a, a sense of separation and in, in that's a very you know short term that that brings comfort and and it enables us to maintain our life where currently but yeah the, th- yeah, the long term yeah. that's that's an extremely damaging that's an extremely damaging worldview whereas in you know the flip side of that which is more i guess rewilding and and more of an ecologically based worldview is looking at how humans fit into the ecology and, and steve talked a fair bit about that that you know humans humans are a part of the ecology and when we play our role within the ecology and when we fulfill that role and see ourselves as not separate to the ecology or better than the ecology but a part of that ecosystem that's when not only do we thrive and our health thrives because we're getting all the nutrients and nourishment that we need from food to water to sunlight to movement to shelter to community but also everything around us thrives because humans are a part of nature and and many people don't don't understand that and a lot of people don't associate with humans with nature and and i think you know a lot of like for example like a lot of people would be yeah totally uh, it would be totally normal for someone to see a wild animal out in nature but they they don't they can't picture many people not all people can't picture a group of wild humans living out in the natural world alongside and with nature but that has been the majority of our existence and a lot of people forget that that has been the last you know, 290-something thousand years of our existence pre-agriculture. When we were thriving. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, when we were in full vitality and when we were thriving. And the more that we can start to reimagine that and and reimagine what human existence looks like in connection to and in relation with nature, I think that's a long-term. Because, you know, there's no, like, short-term creating that from a, a kind of a culture that is in disarray and that is you know all over the place in terms of um yeah community structure social structure food you know food systems Everyone's and life ways yeah exactly yeah. and creating a culture out of that of earth-based living and connection that's a there's no short there's no short-term gains like that's a hard it's harder hard. to grow your own food yeah, than your own exactly animals, yeah, your yeah. Forage, totally yeah but in the long term what that creates is a sustainable life way where everything thrives or everything is vital within that yeah and you even you get so much more from it as well like when nature is like in its full full capacity and full health we we gain so much more from that Mm, absolutely yeah yeah i think that's yeah that's great um i reckon that's a that's a good that's a good point to end on but a few a few more things that I wanted to touch on before I finish the podcast is we, both myself and Molly, are going to be traveling up north 
within the next couple of weeks and we're going to be running workshops we're not we don't have any set dates or set places yet but we're going to be running workshops focusing around natural movement uh, breath work and then hopefully expanding out into other practices such as free diving and maybe some of the more ancestral living skills such as fire by friction I hope to teach um, but if you're interested in that then message me via Instagram or just keep a lookout for uh, the dates that will come out and we'll put that all through Instagram and we'll probably also announce it on the podcast but I just wanted to let you guys know that but other than that was there anything that you wanted to mention not really I'm not just really. yeah excited for our trips and yeah yeah to cool, cool. Yeah. sweet all right well thanks for listening guys thank you Molly for joining me um, and I will catch you or we will catch you on the next episode coming out on Tuesday.